What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 229. We're here on Thursday, October 22nd. We are 11 days from Election Day. I cannot believe we are finally this close. Uh, first up today here on Triggered, we have an exclusive interview that you're not going to want to miss. This was pre-recorded, but let's take a listen to that. Now we're joined here on Triggered by Bradley Lang, member at large of the Baltimore Republican Party. In fact, he's the youngest member in the organization's history. Matt and I happened to meet Bradley at Town Hall's CPAC party in February. But the reason he's joining us today is to talk about how this past Saturday in Kingsville, Maryland, a radical Biden-Harris supporter uh, tending to one of his political yard signs in his yard shot at him and his father with a shotgun as they drove by in their truck because they were simply displaying a massive Trump sign in the back of the truck. Most people, including myself, would call this attempted murder. First of all, Bradley, we're glad that you and your father are safe, and, and thank you for coming on Trigger to tell everyone your story. Yes, well, thanks for having me. It's been a crazy few days, um, yeah, but we're hanging in there. I'm sure, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you guys are hanging in there and you know, physically you're safe. I'm sure it's a stressful time. So in, in your own words, uh, tell us what exactly happened that day. So, yeah, so my father and I, uh, we were, we drove up to Kingsville. It's about 15 minutes from the area that we live in. And it's a rural area of Baltimore, you know, I would say heavily Republican. So it was kind of surprising that it happened there. And we were installing a Trump sign, a large Trump sign, four by eight foot in the, be- in the bed of his truck uh, in preparation for a, a Trump parade, car parade the following day. Uh, so we had just finished it and we were driving off to go home and we turned the corner and on this corner property was a large farm property, probably 15 acres. There, it's a property with uh, probably about half a dozen political signs, mostly Biden signs. And we drive past this man and he's, he's tending to one of these signs. It's a Black Lives Matter sign. And he's, I think he's adjusting it, straightening it because it, was, it looked a little disheveled. Mm-hmm. And we honked the horn at him. You know, it's uh, <laughs> when, and you're, when you're in a rural area, that's something that people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looks up and he picks up a shotgun from right near his feet. And he runs a few steps forward to the barbed wire fence at the edge of his property. And he aims at us. And my father and I, we look at each other and, uh, you know, we're both I'm an Eagle Scout and he's an assistant scoutmaster. And I've since become an assistant scoutmaster. So we have a lot of experience with firearms. And we know that's like the number one rule, you know, don't point a firearm at someone. So we were shocked. And as soon as we had said that to each other, we had driven maybe 100 to 200 feet down the road. So not very far. And we heard him fire. So we continued to drive to get out of the area. We called the police. We waited a bit. We ended up going back to the property that we had came from so we could give the police a definite address so they weren't just searching for us on the side of the road. And they got to us. They questioned us for a while. We filled out witness statements. They went to the man's house and they spoke with him. They came back to us and brought my father and I in separate police cars so that we could not corroborate any stories uh, to identify him. And I went first. My father went after me. And when he identified him, they put him in handcuffs and arrested him. Wow. That's quite the experience that you had there. And and thank God you're safe. Uh, I mean, it's really sad that, you know, we've reached that point, I think, in our country where 
someone would just do something so crazy like that. And the Baltimore Sun reported that this man is 50-year-old Douglas Edward Kuhn. Uh, was he just, he was just walking around with a shotgun in his yard i that that seems a little strange to me i don't know i mean maybe it's a little more common there in in a rural area like that but that, that was he he was just fixing his sign uh and it was you said it was in the side yard and he was he was just you know it, it seems odd that he would just have a shotgun at his feet like that and i think so, you're you're equally shocked by that right yeah so that 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 was what was surprising to us so you know we're like oh my goodness he has a he has a gun and he was so it's it was it's like a farm property so it's like a big field so he's out and he's he's working on this sign and he was so quick to have the gun in his hand i'm almost questioning myself wondering did he already have the gun in his hand like was he ready was he looking for trouble and i mm-hmm. think that's a legitimate possibility and and did he yell at anything at you or, or did you guys have your windows down or were you able to tell so I don't recall if our windows were down and I didn't hear anything. But what I do recall is when we were right lined up with him and he was only by the time he ran to the edge of, well, near the fence, near the edge of the property, uh, he was probably only about eight or 12 feet away from us or from the, from the end edge of the road. And what I recall is he had a, he had a, he, was, he had a unsettling smile on his face. It was, that was disturbing. Hmm. I mean, and people don't usually smile when they're shooting at someone. Right. It seems like a deranged psychopath to me. You said the sign he was working on at the time was a Black Lives Matter sign? Yes, it was. Yes. Well, I guess there's no doubt on what the political side of the aisle he is on. And, and this seems to be following a trend. Obviously, you know, we saw over the summer the leftist violence here. Beyond what, you know, you've already said, what else was going through your mind, you know, when you were – uh, after the incident ex- first happened and you were then, you know, in contact with the police and, you know, going through kind of a witness interrogation and that kind of thing, what was going through your mind and, and you know, how, how shaken up were you guys from it? I mean, we were, we were shaken up definitely. And we were, we were wondering, you know, well, at first we were wondering, is this guy going to try and follow us? I mean, mm-hmm. cause we, we waited for the police for quite some time. And I think that shows that we need to put more funding into our police because they were so undermanned when we made that call. So that was upsetting sort of that, you know, we, we could have been in more trouble if this guy was uh, a little bit more deranged. Oh, for sure. And what was the kind of demeanor and reaction from, from the police in this incident? Since obviously you know, the men and women in blue have been under attack from the radical left and particularly Black Lives Matter Incorporated. Um, you know, were they just kind of handling this as professional as possible? Were they surprised by this incident? They were surprised. They were very friendly to us. And they they handled uh, everything how I would expect to. And uh, they were definitely surprised. Um, but right. they, you know, they try not to show that. Of course, of course. Yeah, I would expect them to handle it in a professional manner. So now from from here, obviously, the, the guy was arrested. Uh, where is the, the process now? What was he exactly charged with? So, yeah, he has a lot of charges against him. So uh, he has seven counts altogether. So he has two counts of first degree assault, which is a felony, mm-hmm. uh, two counts of second degree assault 
one count of illegal use of a firearm and two counts of reckless endangerment. And the, we were told by the police that the only reason that he wasn't charged with attempted murder was because he had missed the trucks. There was no physical evidence of it hitting in our general direction. That could prove where he was aiming. Right, right. Well, if convicted, he certainly faces a good amount of time. I, I assume that you'll be asked and your father will be asked to testify as witnesses at trial, right? Yeah, so we're waiting for that call. The police told us to expect that. What do you think uh, on a personal level this says, you know, about where we are as a country? This isn't the first time that Trump supporters have been shot at. Um, you know, I'm sure you know of the story of, of basically the point blank execution that happened in Seattle. Another Trump supporter was shot yes. at, at in Denver. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, I really, truly wish that this was an isolated incident. But we can really see that it's a, a, a part of a whole in the way that this country is going. And it, people always say that Trump supporters are the dangerous ones. And, you know, of course, you have isolated incidents and they tie, try to tie anarchists and things to the president. But you have all of these Antifa and then you have people like this. These are regular people. I mean, this guy was not Antifa. He's a mm-hmm. regular guy living out in the in the in the country. And uh, it's scary. And I, I wish people would be able to express their political beliefs without exactly. fear. Exactly. I, that, and that's what I always say. You know, I love free speech and I'll fight for someone's right to say something, even though I believe it's wrong. But the first instinct shouldn't be to aim a shotgun at somebody and shoot just because they have a Trump sign up. Um, you know, I, I yesterday was bold enough to wear a, a Trump 2020 Keep America Great shirt around here in Northern Virginia, and I certainly was getting some dirty looks, but obviously did not get shot at like you. And although I was prepared for such an incident, I, I of course was concealed carrying as I'm permitted to do so. What what does the support in Baltimore County look like for President Trump? Obviously, Baltimore County's big. A lot of people probably don't necessarily understand that Baltimore County isn't necessarily all of the city of Baltimore. Maryland is a blue state and, and Baltimore is a blue city. But what does the county overall look like? And what is the, you know, the overall arching Maryland electoral feeling on the enthusiasm for Biden versus Trump? Right. So a lot of people don't realize that Baltimore City is independent from the county. Exactly. Uh, So whereas the city is deep blue, I would call the the county more of a a light, lighter blue. And there's a lot of Republican suburbs. I mean, if you look at the northern parts of the county, it's a lot of farmland. And if you uh, if you look at the east side, it's a lot of Republican suburbs and blue collar, you know, some people may refer to it as the, the rust belt of the Baltimore area. So on the, on the east side here where, where I live and where Kingsville is where this happened, it's, uh, it's largely Republican. And a lot of that is, is n- newcomers to the Republican Party because of the whole switch of blue collar workers towards Trump. You don't see a, a ton of signs because a lot of people are afraid of vandalism and such. But we, like I said, when we were putting the sign in the truck, it was in preparation for a, a Trump car parade, which we had here on the east side. And there were several hundred cars. And 
we ended up at the Boulevard Diner in Dundalk, Maryland, which was one of Donald Trump's uh, campaign stops in the 2016 primary. And there was hundreds and hundreds of people. So that was encouraging. That's awesome. And, and you did and you did follow through and do the parade even after this incident, right? We did. Yes, we did. True yeah, patriot right there. Yeah. Cannot let these people intimidate any, exactly. any of us. We can't let them win. And it's interesting you bring up signs and risk of vandalism. You know, I, I haven't put a sign out at my house, even though me and all my roommates I live with are, are Trump supporters. It's kind of a sign uh, detente on our street, actually. This is the first election <laughs> where there are no signs here, even though I know uh, 70% of my neighbors are Biden supporters. There are of us that are part of the secretive Trump club that meet every now and then. <laughs> but uh, what would you say to Trump supporters who might be afraid to voice their support for the president, given the times we're living in and what you just went through? I feel that it's very important that the silent majority does stand up. Obviously, you know, there's some people that can't afford to do so for risk of losing their jobs or their livelihood. But uh, what's your overall feeling on that? Well, one thing that I've noticed is in an area and you with no Trump signs in the area where I live. If you get one person to put a Trump sign, then you will see more and more pop up in the, in the following week. It's sort of like, I call it like a reverse peer pressure. You know, people are afraid until somebody else does it and then they feel welcome to express their beliefs. So if you can be that first person in your neighborhood to express your support for the president, then it will empower your, your fellow Trump supporters to do the same. Definitely. And, you know, we, we got to share a drink together at, at CPAC and hopefully we'll be able to do that sometime soon again in the future. Uh, was there, was there anything else that you wanted to let the audience know? You're a long time triggered listener. This is, that's how we met. Um, and I, you know, I was shocked to have this happen to you. Thank God you and your father are safe and unharmed. And, you know, I send my prayers and thoughts to your family um, is there anything else that you wanted to let the triggered listeners know? Everybody needs to vote and nobody should be afraid to express their First Amendment rights. Amen to that. Thank you for such an avid listener and for fighting on being patriots of this country. Keep up the fight and hopefully we're going to make America great again on November 3rd. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks again to Bradley Lang for coming on the show. I mean, that that's just such a crazy story. My message is don't let these left-wing, radical, leftist lunatics intimidate you. It's time to stand together and stand up for our country, uh, especially against the corrupt crime syndicate family that we're taking on because the other news of the day is obviously Hunter, 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 where is Hunter, as, as Trump said last night. A whole slew of breaking news stories have come out on this over the past 48 hours since we last recorded. The biggest being that uh, high-level law enforcement sources say that the reason the FBI has this laptop and subpoenaed it is because of a serious criminal money laundering investigation. Not good. Which makes sense because, you know, according to documents obtained by Fox News, Multiple federal law enforcement officials as well as two separate government officials confirmed the authenticity of these documents. The documents which were obtained by Fox News designated the FBI as receipt of property, which details that the laptop was turned over 
by the uh, the Mac shop owner. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to bring him any more unnecessary hate and attention. Uh, the document has a case ID, which means that things are moving along. And multiple officials are saying that this is a white-collar crime investigation, uh, perhaps tied together now with these deals mm. that were going on. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously we don't know the, the full scope and details of this, as the FBI usually does not release that information about ongoing investigations. So, going back to what we already know. China, yep. money laundering, child porn. Ukraine. Ukraine. Did we talk Kazakhs, about wait? Kazakhstan? Did we stand? Kazakhstan was the child porn thing after we recorded the last episode? Did we talk about that? I don't think we did, or maybe we did. I think it was after. Okay, so we have to talk about this. Okay, okay yeah. So oh yeah, oh yeah, we got child porn on, uh, on yeah, the hard drive. Little, I, little child porn. Which I don't know which if makes, it's child porn necessarily. We can't make that for okay. sure. Alleged, alleged. alleged. Yeah. That's for the lawyers. Thank alleged, you. Thank alleged. you. But, but. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, you know. Would well, it surprise you? Yeah, I mean, no. Hunter was f***ing those Eastern European hookers. You know, those Eastern European women. Oh they God. ain't. They ain't eighteen. We all know that they ain't eighteen. The, the, you don't need to watch Taken to know. That not the, well, the supposed <laughs> underage images and the supposed inappropriate conversations and communications he had with this underage girl. Yeah. Uh, was a U.S. citizen. Oh. I did see that last oh, night. Oh boy. Uh, little Anthony nonetheless, Little Carlos Danger going on? Nonetheless, the hard drive and information, text messages, documents have been turned over now additionally yeah. to the Delaware State Police to investigate this yeah. matter and the FBI to investigate separately yeah. on the possible charges of child porn. Yeah. The text message, though, that's important, mm. which you read, is the one where he basically says to his sister – Yeah. You know, don't rap me out about this to the family therapist, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah, what does that mean? And then now, oh, now that's what he meant. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. all coming together here. We have a Biden associate. Mm -hmm. This is a report from Real Clear Investigations by Paul Sperry, yeah. who usually does tremendous work. Great work. We have a Biden associate basically saying, yeah, I gave Hunter Biden a million-dollar job as a favor to his father. Yep. Yeah. In fact, that's the entirety of Hunter Biden's resume. Mm -hmm. All of his jobs, all of his, you know, career opportunities done because of Daddy Biden. Yep. So, not shocking. Again, not shocking. But drip, drip, drip. Yep. We now have uh, another email obtained by Fox News listing Kamala Harris and several other top Democrats listed as key contacts for Biden family ventures in this newly leaked email. Ooh. Fox News writes an email exclusively obtained by Fox News with the subject line Phase 1 Domestic Contacts and Projects dated May 15, 2017. Biden's brother, Jim Biden, shared a list of key domestic contents for Phase 1 of their targeting projects. This is unrelated, but it ties together because the email was sent from Jim to Hunter Biden, Tony Bobulinski, which we're going to talk about him in a second. Yep, yep, yep. Rob Walker and James Galar. Bob Alinsky was an institutional investor who was recruited by the Biden family to run the joint venture with the Chinese energy company and hedge fund. Okay? Yeah. That's where this all ties together. But first, the list of Democrats that they uh, thought that they could, I guess, bring into their cabal of corruption. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Mayor Bill de Blasio. 
Senators Kristen Gillibrand, Chuck Schumer, Kamala Harris, Dianne Feinstein, Amy Klomachar, and Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, who's also embroiled in a sex scandal. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, his top eight is a sexual abuser. Oh. And he, and he covered it up for years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, California Governor Gavin Newsom, who was listed as Hunter's friend. So, jumping back here to the even bigger story, which is why we brought up the name Tony Bobulinski. Mm-hmm. It was reported this, or late last evening, around 12.45 a.m., when I got this report. It kept me up for a few hours because I was so excited. <laughs> In the New York Post... Jeffrey Tubin excited? Not that excited. <laughs> Someone's doing the tubing. Keep your zoom. Circle tube. Keep your... Oh, my God. Circle tubing. That's circle what I used to turn this morning. Instead of circle... <laughs> That's what the Democrats are trying to do. Uh, anyway, in this column... I thought column, the camera was off. Okay, go. In this, in this column... <laughs> Oh, uh, and, and CNN's not going to fire him, by the way. Uh, what? Yeah, oh, know, my God. Anyway, right, well. um, in this New York Post bombshell report, a statement was provided exclusively to the New York Post by Tony Bobulinski, who essentially is turning on Hunter Biden now. He is the former business partner of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden from the China scheme. And he basically unloads this bill of accusations. He says that the former vice president was a willing and eager participant in a family scheme to make millions of dollars by partnering with a shady Chinese communist firm. He confirmed. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, good. No, no. This was the pitch where Hunter gave the equity arrangement. Yeah, 10 for the big guy. Yeah, 10 for the big guy. He confirmed that he was one of the recipients on this email. Email is real. The email is real. It is not Russian disinformation. The FBI has confirmed that. The yep. Director of National Intelligence has confirmed that. Yep. Okay? And, of course, we have reported previously that Fox News sources have said that the big guy was Joe Biden. Bobulinski states that the email is, in fact, genuine and that the former vice president is, in fact, the big guy. So we have second corroboration here. Okay? Then, so Michael Goodwin goes on to opine here about what's going on, saying, quote, that claim alone rips out the heart of nearly everything Joe Biden has ever said about Hunter's many business dealings and Joe's knowledge of them. His repeated insistence that the two never spoke of the son's global sources of money didn't pass the laugh test. Yeah. This story has serious legs now, and uh, there's a lot of smoke, if yeah. not an actual fire, yet the left-wing media is choosing to ignore it. Oh, and that's also uh, – Bob Linsky also said that Hunter really couldn't sign off on a lot of these deals without Joe's blessing. Yeah, he was – Joe was also referred to as the chairman, the chairman of the board. Yeah, the chairman. They yep. call him the chairman. So it's no longer Sleepy Joe. It's the chairman. Apparently. It's corrupt <laughs> Joe. Yeah. I mean this is unprecedented levels of corruption. Yeah. For a major, major government official of this country, okay? Not only that, this guy's running to be the next president. Joe Biden couldn't even get a security clearance right now with these questions surrounding him. Yeah, yeah. And they want to elect him to be president? And the the left-wing media, of course, refuses to report on this. Refuses. They're not going to, no. I think they're going to be forced into it, and I'll tell you why in a second. But let's listen to this exchange between President Trump and Leslie Stahl, who recorded an interview for this upcoming Sunday's 60 Minutes, which is another story in itself we'll talk about. <laughs> but it's insane. 
She insists that Hunter Biden laptop can't be verified, so reporters shouldn't talk about it. But let's listen to why she says it can't be verified. Roll that clip. It's this, I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Biggest you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me, we they found the laptop. Them. Leslie, it Leslie. can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't... The family on the laptop, he's gone into hiding. For five days, he's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare? I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. All right. It can't be verified because it can't be verified? <laughs> I know. Well, it's been verified. It's been, it's verified. been authenticated. The FBI uh. believes it's real. And now you have people that are on these communications coming out and saying that it's real. So what more do you want as far as verification, right? This is a left-wing media cover-up. You have NPR that comes out this morning and literally said, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. This is egregious. Oh, yeah, 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 They're funded yeah. by taxpayer yeah. dollars. <laughs> so f***ing defund NPR. That's yeah. going to be the new move. If we win, we're going to strip those assholes of that money. And for PBS. sure. And PBS. And PBS. I mean, this is unbelievable. It really is. Quickly on the 60 Minutes thing. Yeah. So you know the whole story yeah, about yeah. Leslie Stahl yeah, 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 ambushed him. Yeah. The president wasn't happy. He kept his own recording. He's threatening to release it before the yeah. show happens. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Oh, no, he did release it. He didn't release the full thing, did he? Oh, he released the All, full thing? Yeah, it's on Facebook. I missed it. Nice. Yes, All right, I got to check that out. He released the full thing, and <laughs> see, I love, is not happy. I did see, well, yeah, he blew their whole yeah, ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see one clip where he was like, Look, look, look at all this that we've done on healthcare. And she's like looking through the stuff, yeah. like, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, no surprise. <laughs> and she wasn't wearing a mask either. And I'm sure she's doing yeah. a mask. And he's just like, okay, I think you got enough. We're done. The mask Nazis. Yeah, he, he ended the interview. <laughs> but I do hear that the uh, the Hunter Biden story is far, far, far well, from over. Rudy did say this is just the tip of the iceberg. So. Yeah, I hear there's way more to come, way worse to come, possibly even today. Who knows? It could come out before we even release this episode. Mm. Of course, it does take a little time to produce and distribute these episodes. Yeah. Mr. Producer, thank you for all your hard work. Yes. But the other thing that's hanging out there is there's a report that the Wall Street Journal is about to uh, publish a major corroborating story on all of this, that basically their investigative team, which I consider to be very, very like gold standard mm -hmm. in this industry, is going to come out and say, yes, all of this is true, and there's some serious questions to be answered here. They already wrote an editorial yeah. that said that regardless if Joe Biden wins, this scandal is not going away, yeah. which – Theory time. What if this is part of a Kamala operation? Oh, I know, right? To get so if they win, <laughs> so that if they win, he they immediately get, has he to step has down. To step down, then she becomes president. Mm. Mm, very Claire Underwood. Yeah, that is. That's very, so Claire Underwood. Yeah, and surprised. you know what? Don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe, maybe that is. So Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. That's going to be the news of the week. Well, and he needs I'll to be subpoenaed. Of the remaining 12 days, well, you know, there's nothing that's going to happen on subpoenas uh, because the election's yeah. in 12 days. I know, but, you, um, it, I mean, it's it's coming in the fullness of time. That, well, the thing that is, should be handed out. Yeah, the thing is, you really need to let the FBI finish their investigation, which, let's talk about that for a yeah. second. Well, I don't trust that Ray guy, to be honest with you, no. 
Christopher Ray he has, has to, to go. go. He has to has go. To go. Has to go. But they've had this laptop since December of 2019. Yeah. You know what that means? They, they, well, one, they sat on it. Just how they sat on the exculpatory evidence against Michael Flynn. Yeah. Remember, six days after they interviewed him, they basically said he's no Russian agent. So the entire case was done mm-hmm. six days after that interview in January 2017. But he's still in legal purgatory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry. Now, well, Flynn, you know, he's this. going through a lot for yeah, us yeah. on our behalf, honestly, yeah. I would yeah. say. But in the end, he's going to he's, he's going to win. Well, in the, hopefully a pardon doesn't need to happen because yeah. a pardon it means you're basically admitting guilt. And but, he doesn't want to admit guilt. True, but either way, the only way gonna, he gets pardoned, he's going to get he's going to be free and clear either way. Right. If if Trump, God forbid, loses, yeah. he will pardon him on the way this out judge. for sure. But I got to circle back to that, that judge. This yeah. is planned the whole f-ing time. That judge, the stall and stall. And right. Nothing's happening on that front until after the election. Until after the election. Of but course. the FBI had this laptop since December of 2019. Okay. Uh huh. Reports are that they decided it was not a high priority, even though by that point Joe Biden was basically the front runner for the nomination. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's okay. True. So that brings into question here. You know, when something like this comes in and it's tied to such a high level, no, no name, mm-hmm. it immediately goes to the top of the pile. Yeah. So they made the decision to not immediately look into it. You know what else was going on during this time, December 2019? Impeachment. Yeah. Everything that Donald Trump was impeached for ended up being true. And they had the evidence yeah. to show... That was Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, those emails make it make it pretty clear that Breesman executives wanted Hunter there for legal protections. Mm-hmm. And... He came through on that. Joe, is, Joe fired the prosecutor looking into the company that that was, you know, the prison was being looked at for corruption. So, yeah, yeah. 50,000 you know 50, a month well spent right there by Burisma. Let's roll that clip. Let's roll that clip of Joe Biden saying about oh, yeah. what he did to the prosecutor. Yeah. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. There it always right there. Withheld aid. And not not only that, I, I'm pretty sure protecting uh, Hunter Biden was not on the Obama mm-hmm. action item list regarding our policy in Ukraine at the time, which Joe Biden was heading up or, uh, you know, at, at the time in 2014, 2015. So. Well, let's not also forget <laughs> there's a reason that Obama held off on endorsing Joe Biden. Yeah. There's a reason that he said privately that he's a f- up and it's because of stuff like this. Yeah. And and how could he be so f-ing stupid? Yeah. To go out there and say this in public on tape forever now and all of this is going to come out and that's basically the smoking gun. Yeah. You're admitting to the corruption on tape. Yeah. I mean – and also – I mean and I know it's it's COVID – um, you know, era style campaigning and there's not not that many rallies and whatnot but like, you know – Obama was out in front and really energized about Hillary Clinton in the in the closing months uh-huh. of the 2016 campaign. He's just really beginning to, to get out there on the street, 
you know, COVID safe, obviously, but like, you know, like, I mean, that, well, he wasn't that gonna... speech in Philadelphia, that rally in Philadelphia that he had with the, I mean, that's like one of the first things he's done, like in terms of like a robust, like I'm with Joe and it's less than two weeks away. Well, there's two things with the Obama thing that he did yesterday. Yeah. You're talking about the bullhorn talking to volunteers. That was bad. They had that the, was, that yeah, was there cring- was like cringeworthy four... folks. I'm not trying to say it was good. There was like four people there. Yeah. But they had the they had the drive-in event down at think at the sports complex oh, in the geez. massive parking lot. Jesus. You know how many people showed up? Like fifty. Like fifty cars. Yeah, yeah. Embarrassing show. Yeah. Listen, he didn't even want to have to come out and campaign. I agree. The reason that they're sending Obama and Bernie to Pennsylvania is because he's not up by ten in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And also to show that like there's like some party unity here. He's hiding um, in the basement. There's no party unity. I, I I think that I think the Democratic Party is is more is is more divided than people um, let on. Well, you know what's going to happen is once they lose badly, the socialists are just going to take fully over. Yeah, it's going to be conservatives true. versus socialists. And maybe they're banking on that. Probably. Maybe you know. Okay, listen. Look, we, it, we you know we, we rose. You know, in terms of our, you know, we swelled the ranks after 16 loss. Maybe we can take it over finally after this loss. I don't yeah. Know. Well, you know what's interesting is that even though they're communists, yeah, the Bernie supporters don't like this type of corruption either. No, they don't. The swamp. It, they're yeah. swamp creatures, right? Yeah. But. Obama being yes. called out to campaign is an emergency <clears throat> deployment of a lifeboat. Yeah. Okay. He kind of like, like when he went up to Michigan 10 days before uh, the 2016 election? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember, I remember we, we were all like, why is he going up into Michigan? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> At that time. But Joe Biden's in hiding. <clears throat> yeah. He's hiding. He's using the debate prep as an excuse no but regardless of with if there whether or not there was a debate tonight he'd be in hiding right now yeah. anyway because he can't answer questions on no. this did you see the other day they asked him what in flavor milkshake he had yeah it's that's bad. the seriousness of this press pool that's bad and i love how sean hannity keeps sending reporters to stake out biden's entrance to his compound in wilmington that's pretty funny <laughs> um but this whole thing is just I mean, if if these people get elected and take over our country, we will be sold out to China. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's a national security issue. Yeah, this is a national. This is the for me. I, I know people are like, "Well, corruption, character." No, no, no. This is a legit national security issue mm-hmm. because it just shows that Joe Biden will go rogue on foreign policy to protect his son and his business deals. Mm-hmm. Which also are in turn indirectly his business deals. Yeah. Because he he remember he he just offshores all the profits for himself. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it's kind of like you know holding all that stuff in escrow until he finally is able to leave and I don't know they siphon that money in little by little to make it sure it's to make sure it's not too uh, <laughs> crazy. All of a sudden the man's worth like fourteen million dollars overnight. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> you know we, we like saw, that. and you, I think you've written about this, yeah. how they funnel the money through Hunter so that it doesn't show up on Biden's financial disclosures. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, it's, uh, what's his name? Peter, Peter Schweitzer. Yeah. Um, in Trump Card, great movie by Dinesh D'Souza, was like, he just, Biden just offshores all of his, you know, windfalls to his family. Oh, yeah. If you haven't watched Trump yeah. Card yet, now is the perfect time yeah. to do it because this looks even – I mean it's even more yeah. prescient now that yeah. all of this has come out. Uh, mostly, yes. Mostly done through Hunter but also you know his – not necessarily his daughter per se but the you know his the, his son-in-law oh, yeah. for sure is definitely going to profit off of you know his position. You know I believe his brother, Jim. Is mm-hmm. it Jim Biden? Yeah. Who by the way is a piece of 
apparently he had a he killed somebody twenty years ago in a hit and run and 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 still owes that family like a million dollars in a wrongful death suit. Yeah, and he got away with it. Got a, yeah. Yep. So I mean, quite quite a family. Yeah. Really. Hell, yep. a lovely family. Oh so. yeah, you mean like when Bo died of cancer and then Hunter went and f***ed oh, his widow? Yeah. Real slimy right <laughs> there. There was such a cut there. Oh man. I he, said something that the was accurate. Listen, listen. <laughs> the uncensored version got it. So if you want that uncensored version, you got to join VIP. You get the VIP plug at the oh. end of the episode. Other, oh, other, <laughs> See, other. That's what you guys Oh man, is that what Tubin says? The dice man, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, Ohio. <laughs> someone said. Oh. Someone messaged me and said when they heard you say Ohio like that the other day, they nearly spit out their drink all over the keyboard. <laughs> um, all right, let's that talk. That just about- shows you first of all. So that just shows you how insane we all are in this business. That like we get, you know, we. Okay, I can't say it. Yeah, let's I just move on. It. Let's talk about the other battleground breaking... states of all things. What's their breaking news of the morning? Mm. Uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett has been approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, yeah, we are moving good. forward. Uh, the Dems decided that they want they wanted to boycott the hearing. Well, that only made it easier for us, yeah. which we'll go over here. You know, Diane Feinstein's taken a lot of heat from the left, which is. Ironic because she yeah. dared to be collegial with any yeah. sort of Republican. Which is how the Senate has always differentiated itself from the yeah. House, to be honest with you. And and Lindsey Graham had a, a 2.0 moment this morning. Mm-hmm. Cocaine Lindsey was out there. He said, you know what? They're not going to show up. Okay, we're going to show up on time. We're going to vote Amy out real quick. Not only that, we're going to vote to uh, send other judicial nominees to the floor. And then we're also going to tackle... Uh, big tech subpoenas. Yeah, they those subpoenas. Yeah, which is big. So, uh, but when Lindsey Graham gave his statement before they went into the votes, he said something that I thought was very, very on point. Uh, he was talking about a conversation he had with Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. back in, I think it was 2013 when they did this, right? He said, one day you'll regret this. Well, today was that day. Roll that clip. I remember telling Senator Schumer, you'll regret this. Uh, today he will regret it. And all I can say is that Judge Gorsuch was filibustered two or three times, requiring us to change the rules. They started this, not me. If it were up to me, there'd be a 60-vote requirement in the Senate today. And we also have Leader McConnell, Cocaine Mitch, teeing up the full vote on the floor for Judge Amy Coney Barrett, soon to be Justice Amy Coney Barrett of the Supreme Court for Monday. Should be an easy confirmation. Yeah. Roll that clip. With regard to the Supreme Court justice, as I think you've already written, we'll be voting to confirm justice to be uh, Barrett uh, next Monday. And I think that will be <clears throat> another signature accomplishment in our effort to put on the court's the federal courts, men and women who believe in the quaint notion that maybe the job of the judge is to actually follow the law. So it's all over. On Monday, yeah. we'll have our new Supreme Court justice. And regardless of what happens in this election, smoothly, you know? that's, yeah. you know, we, we did what we needed yeah. to do. And they, you know, all the most of the Republicans, I believe, uh, gave a little gave a little speech mm-hmm. before they all voted and then voted for uh, the approval of the other ju- judges and then uh, the subpoenas. So, you know, John Cornyn's speech was good, too. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it just shows you that he's really being, I think, groomed to take over when, when Mitch, when Cocaine Mitch goes off into the sunset. Into retirement, I mean. Into retirement. Yeah, well, you know... I mean, Mitch, he is slated to be the next majority leader or the Senate leader for the Republicans, you know, right? I well, mean, Mitch right? is going to win a six-year term, yeah. so he's got six I don't know if I'm just saying, like, when, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. I mean, but Cornyn's Listen, significantly younger. I mean, Mitch is going to retire Cornyn's at some got point. a race this year, but I could tell you that the next time Cornyn runs, Texas is going to be a little more blue, so he's going to have a tougher time. I know. I know. I, 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 I've been hearing it. that for, like, 20 years, man. It'll be a... <laughs> no, I know. I know. And it just gets redder. <laughs> here's the... It's not getting redder, but the problem here is that you have all these people that are moving to Texas, right? Oh, to escape California. liberal yeah. hellholes. And they're bringing all that with them. And then they vote for the same party. Yeah, I know. Someone tweeted this morning, yeah. they were like, if you leave California, you should be legally required to vote yeah. for Republicans for 10 years at least. Yeah. Although I did read there's a political story. This was after the 16 election. There were people like that in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes and both ways. All it, it did was ways. it made the... The like the the like I wouldn't say how do you how do you put it the quasi active Republicans in the county very active yeah <laughs> because of what they were doing they're like okay well these people it just it made the county redder so there, there's also that the problem with it. Texas is the demographics are working against us yeah there's no question about that yeah the now if we yeah. if we have a great showing with Hispanics yeah in the vote. <laughs> That's great for us. Then we'll do well, very well. We are well. But, the, the Texas GOP is a pretty solid state apparatus. And definitely, they and they have been doing very well for years no, with saying, Hispanic outreach. You know, I'm not saying it's going to become California. Yeah, but it very easily could move from being a reliably red state to like something like to North, a purple, like, like North Carolina. Yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. Um, anyway, God help us. Exactly. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, the Dems then went out and did a press conference on the steps of the Capitol, uh, whining and crying about, you know, whatever. The funny thing is they made a rookie move because they got heckled by Republican supporters that were just uh, a few a few blocks away. Yeah, that's what happened. You could hear them on the live mics. That's what uh, but their their argument now is that we violated the rules. I, what? False. These people have no shame. Yep. No shame. The, the rule is that the nomination can be reported as long as a majority of the committee, regardless of party, is physically present. And, and uh, uh, that's, we were there. They were that's there. it. That's sorry. That's it. Game so over. they can cry more all they want about yeah. that. But we are the unproductives. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a Rick and Morty. You know, reference. here's the thing. Because they the, put the, they put the cardboard people in there. Oh so yeah, yeah. That's, the that's, whole, that's what brings it up. The for whole me. Obamacare <laughs> thing. Oh my God, it makes me want to throw up. How much taxpayer money did they waste on printing those? And cardboard cutouts uh, too. A lot. Like you know, there were hundreds, and you know that was just like the tip of the iceberg. They probably printed like you know several families per senator. Yeah, they're like. Yeah. I'm so sick of these people trying to act like they care. Yeah, they don't care. They didn't know. First of all, none of them knew who those were in the cardboard people. They didn't know who the they were until like the hearings began. A, B. I'm sorry. I understand what they're trying to do, but I think we all know that if. Confirm, confirming Amy Coney Barrett is not going to make everybody die that they were talking about. Here's the Remember thing. They, they made it seem like if she's confirmed, all these people yeah. will die. Not even just on that policy issue there yeah, themselves. The hypocrisy and the gall oh, yeah. for them yeah. to go out there I know you're gonna hit and on. about this when they have top-of-the-line yes. Cadillac coverage yes. exclusively outside of Obamacare yeah. – through Kaiser Permanente yep. with with and everybody knows these phrases now because yeah. you know before this wasn't 
a well-known nomenclature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have no deductible. Yes. They barely have a premium, and they have no coinsurance or out-of-pocket maximums. So let me tell you something here. For Every go- senior would rip them apart, considering yeah. especially the the the, the, yep. the the prescription drug plan that, that, that these guys have. Mm-hmm. For what seniors have to take when they get old with all these pills, they would rip these people apart. I yeah. think it's only $25. Yeah, it's, to, you know, it's, it's totally disgusting. For the drug plan, yeah. It is totally disgusting that they have the gall to go out there and act like they care. Because yeah. if they cared, they would work on a plan that would actually help the American people in healthcare. Yeah. It, it, don't even get me started. It's like, the, you know, it's like going out there, you know, complaining with two loaves of bread under, under right. your arms, you know? Right. It's really, Say, oh, sorry you're starving. Yeah. That's a real Listen, shame. But All these people <laughs> are going to starve as I hold all these. Yeah. Yeah. Just like what the because of you Republicans and confirming Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, it's like let them eat cake, but there's no cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but there's cake for me. Right, right. You you can have the icing. Yeah. And the parts that I you know. We'll get the, the best health care. Yeah. yeah. It's ironic they carved themselves a little exemption yeah. in Obamacare, right? Yeah. Almost as if they didn't want to be put on it. Yeah. Anyway, last night another all, breaking news story. Nebraska and Louisiana. Yeah. That's yeah. how they got Landrew and uh, the, mm-hmm. the the ex-senator Ben Nelson who got the hell out of there. He, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other breaking news last night. We had the FBI and uh, Director of uh, National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe and Christopher Wray. They went out yeah. there and gave a press conference yeah. about – and I know nobody wants to hear this – but about attempted election interference just 13 days away from Election Day. But the reason I wanted to bring it up, I mean, we all know that everybody does this. They've been doing it for a long time. It's not a new thing, but the Democrats used it as a crutch for their loss, so now everybody wants to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's like every country does this to each other. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. spy do, games. Do they not remember when Obama used taxpayer money to try to influence the election in Israel to yeah. have Netanyahu lose? Yep. Only, only for him to win again. Yeah. That was the best part. Um, yeah, we do this all the time. There's this thing called the Cold War. Yeah. And yeah. we did this all the time to elections. We did uh-huh. this. I mean, and sometimes we kind We of, still do it to elections. Yeah. Sometimes when we didn't like a certain result, you know, we had the CIA kind of go in and kind of uh, overturn the election. I think 1973 Chile. I was just about to say, <laughs> this is the CIA's <laughs> we, bread and butter. Yeah, we got rid of Salvador Allende and put in... The great General Augusto Pinochet. Oh, God. And he turned that country around. <laughs> this is the CIA's bread and butter. This is what they're the best at. Yeah. So last night they highlighted two foreign actors that are supposedly taking specific actions oh, to God. influence public opinion. Yeah. They, but the, the thing that worried me is they confirmed that some voter registration information has been hacked, potentially compromised, and obtained by Iran and Russia. Like an actual hack? Yeah, yeah, not okay. not like a we're gonna change your vote yeah, hack, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like a they got they all got the it. data, okay. you know. So, yeah, all right, that's and serious. that's what they then used for this operation to target people. Some people still people. think that the Russians actually change votes, which is not. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. There's no evidence. I mean that, but yeah, I think a good slice of the, of the Democratic Party still thinks that they believe day. that for sure. Yeah, it's Tim Full Hat Hour. Well, yeah, um, so, go ahead, so go ahead. Basically, what Iran did was the. But this is why I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, they yeah, sent yeah. spoofed emails. Designed to intimidate voters, create social unrest, and hurt President Trump. Hmm. They have also sent around a fraudulent video saying people in other countries can partake in American elections. We know that's not true. Hmm. So here we have Iran who wants Trump out for obvious reasons, yeah. right? Yeah. They want another pallet of cash from you know what the Biden s- presidency. Exactly. They want the billions of yeah. – pay- you know, that's – we don't yeah, want to talk about francs that. francs and coins. But – 
you know what they were using as a topic of discussion in these emails mm. that the left-wing media fell hook, line, and sinker for? The Proud Boys. Oh Remember that whole Proud Boys craze? Oh, Rachel Maddow yeah. spewed that. Yep. Rachel- and the Lincoln Project. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lincoln Project is... <laughs> Lincoln Project. With with Maddow, though, I mean, again, like, it, this is another shotgun blast to the face because she peddled the Steele dossier, it's true, for weeks, for uh-huh. months on end, and then she falls for this. It's just like, well, you know what you're I have a Rhodes Scholar lady. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, come on, you can, you should be able to sniff out some of that's bullshit. The bigger thing Calvary I have Giuliani a problem... <laughs> yeah, the Giuliani text. The Giuliani yeah. text. The, bi- the bigger thing... I don't even want to talk about that. The bigger I, I, thing I, I have a problem with here <laughs> is that last night... When they had this press conference, they failed to mention that the biggest aggressor in this election interfering in our election is not Russia. It's not Iran. It's not North Korea, who's also taking part. It's China. China. China is by far the biggest aggressor in interference in this election, and they want Joe Biden to win. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, because they have all these business deals tied Mm -hmm. up with them. That's the true story here, right? You know, Iran... They have limited capabilities, yeah, okay? Yeah. And they know we can f*** them up at any given moment. Yep. Which is why they want Trump out of office. Yeah. North Korea, apparently, I think, is is doing in support of President Trump. Yeah. Which I'm not going to say I encourage it, but, you Listen, know. the man, the man. Same thing with Russia. He's enjoying his millions. I'm talking Kim Jong-un. Yeah, yeah. He's enjoying his millions, going to those beach resorts and getting those nice, um, oh, okay, I can't say that. But he's, he's Robert Kraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some Robert Kraft on them. Um, well, you know, you know and, and Jeff, basically Jeffrey Tubin, but with assistance. Yeah, you know, here's what I find funny. They're like, "Oh, Russia is supporting Trump again." I'm like, "Yeah," because there hasn't been any issues. Yeah, we just signed a new nuclear pact. Yeah, right. Have they taken a place, a place like Crimea under President Trump? No. No. Has any of that happened? No. No. We armed the Ukrainians against the Russians, right? Yeah. There, it's been a period of peace with the Russians. What's wrong with that? Yeah. That's what I don't get, right? They yeah. always say, oh, the Russians move, Vladimir Putin. I just can't. What's I mean, wrong I with mean, peace? I remember they mocked Mitt Romney for saying Russia was their biggest geopolitical foe. They're like, you know, the 1980s called. They want their foreign policy back, and then they lose an election. And it's all like, I, I think they would want to... They wanted to deport all the Russian Americans in well, this the, country at this point. The ironic their hatred of Russia. Right the now. ironic part is, at the time when Romney said that, that was true. It was true. It was true. Right? Yeah. Then Obama let Russia do whatever the f- they want. Yep. Who was really the weak one there? Right. Yeah, no, right. But then, that reset. Remember the reset? The Russian reset. Yeah. What Hillary to that? Clinton. Mm-hmm. Then Trump comes in, and now it's peace. Yeah. What's wrong with peace? They just want endless war. Yeah. That's what these establishment want. Yeah. You know, that's what I've never understood. What is wrong with peace? Yeah, you may, you know, Putin's a terrible person. Yeah, there's terrible things happening in Russia. But right now, that's not our f***ing problem. Yeah. We're dealing with the virus that came from China, who is by yeah. far... We're winding down some of these quagmires we're in. It's um, it's by far our biggest enemy. Yeah. China is undoubtedly the biggest enemy, Yeah. right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in a war with China, for sure, at this we're, point. We're probably going to. Not if Joe Biden wins, because yeah. he'll just go and suck their d- every day. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just don't get that idea. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, they say, oh, well, he's appeasing dictators and strongmen around the world. 
It's like, okay. That's a hallmark of American Some, foreign policy. Read, sometimes past, you like, just... decades. Yeah. Sometimes, listen. Sometimes you just gotta deal with it. I'm okay with... I mean, listen. There are some parts of the world, and I think we learned this the hard way, like the, like the Muslim world, there's gonna be no liberal democratic ideals blossoming anytime soon. It's not in their, it's not in their DNA. Right. It's not, in, I mean, maybe eventually in a thousand years or whatever, but mm-hmm. they're going to have to do it. Having 140,000 troops in Baghdad, or sorry, in Iraq, is not going to make that happen. It has to be organic. Mm-hmm. They have no historical ties to, you know, liberal democratic thought or, 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 or institutions. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just got to deal with, work with what you have. And if it's a straw man, it's a straw man. But if that straw man is pro-U.S., you deal with them, mm-hmm. as uh, FDR famously said about Samosa in uh, in uh, Central America. You know, he may yeah. be a, he may be a son of a bitch, but he's our son right. of a bitch, right? Which he, you know, you know, if they're fine with peace, but, yeah. you know, if they're fine with peace, yeah, terrible things may be happening yeah. in their country, yeah. and yeah, of course, we should say, you know, you shouldn't do those things, yeah, but. There's nothing wrong with peace. That's really yeah. the biggest thing. That's the Trump doctrine. Yeah. And it for some reason these people just can't stand it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Listen. I, okay. This I uh, know. I've said many things that have exposed my more authoritarian side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I if if the government is pro U.S. and is not going to fund terrorism or any right. or, or any nation that's working against our interests and they happen to be like a like a like a military dictatorship, fine, whatever. I mean, I I don't really care. Yeah. I, if you're not going to with us the neoconservative project of you know promoting exporting the american revolution everywhere essentially we have no patience for that anymore it has gone off the rails iraq that whole thing Mm -hmm. it went off the rails we're not willing to invest that much time bodies and money to do that then we drop we we, we put a trillion dollars on the credit card there more and than that. More than that. More than that. And and what did it and what did it give us? That was exactly what I was about what to say, right? It got us a more aggressive, powerful, and far reaching Iran. Because and we, ISIS. And ISIS. And whether we, <laughs> because, because whether we liked it or not, Saddam Hussein kept the Iranians in check. Yeah. And now that he was gone and the, that whole nation was porous because we went in there, you know. Iran could easily, you know, they had they had better lines of communication with their groups in in, uh, in Lebanon with Hezbollah, which they created in the nineteen eighties. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just it's it's a mess. Well, you know, it was it it was a different time. I, it was a different time. Now, and but but they were now they're a regional power in yeah, that region. Yeah, hindsight's twenty you know, twenty. It is. It Iraq, is. I, of course, of course. Yeah. You know, Iraq. You could argue the merits of the Iraq War all day, every yeah. day. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah. It cost us a lot of money, cost us a lot of American blood. Yeah, it did. And ended up forming a new, more radical terrorist group of ISIS. Yeah. You know, Iran, like you mentioned. Uh, yeah. It, now we're finally getting back towards a period of Middle East stabilization. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is the biggest yeah. underreported thing, I think, of, of the entire time. Yeah. Like when Trump the other night, he goes, yeah. Jared, yeah, Jared, congratulations on Middle East peace. Yep. And you know, all these peace deals. And also for being so skinny. <laughs> it's like, it like, that is so Trump. But really, I mean... And also, I think that's how... I mean, I mean, we, we kind of, I think we stopped arm sales because we find we found out that they were doing some bad stuff in Yemen. But, um, you know, basically being a little cozier with the Saudis. Because the, ne- the next country that can counter Iran and their growing influence in the region is Saudi Arabia. Because they don't like each other. Oh. So... The the normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and and Israel, Israel yeah, is 
big, huge. They're probably going to sign on to this pact. Yes. We're also over the weekend, I hear, getting Sudan signing on to this pact, yeah. which is the new country that Trump mentioned yeah. yesterday that's signing on. But when Saudi Arabia signs on, the rest of the Arab world will follow. Yeah. So now we're talking about a, a, a yeah. peace deal in the Middle East that hasn't been maybe ever seen. Yeah. And I know he probably ordered the killing of Khashoggi, but that crumb cares. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I really couldn't give less of a but he wasn't a journalist. No, he was not a journalist. He was. <laughs> he was not, an operative. He was, and he was also anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. Not not good people. Not gonna but cry over that. Not good people. Blood. Yeah, but this crown prince, young, and I think, and he's very forward-thinking. I mean, he, you saw that with the whole the Israel-Palestinian conflict. He was kind of like, you know what, man, this is getting old. You know? Well, he, he. I mean, he 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 did not make exactly any. He didn't hide the fact that he knew that pretty much this conflict was meant to keep the old guard all ginned up and that the younger people are just – they're ready to move on. Well, and look at the – They dom- might not like it, but they're ready to move on. Look at the domestic reforms. Yeah. Letting women drive? Uh, that's not Arguable. a good one. That's not a good one. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He needs yeah. to rescind that one. That one needs to be rescinded. Instantaneously, car insurance <laughs> rates went through the roof. Just kidding. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie with Tina Fey? Yes. We're, yeah. uh, we're the first w- woman w- driver. Wixie Fa- w- Tango Foxtrot. We're the yeah. first woman driver yeah. backs into something immediately yeah. and she goes, and now we have set back women's rights for 40 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> she was the first Uber in yeah. Kabul. <laughs> <laughs> and she backs up into Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about uh, this, this big tech stuff going on here. So the CEOs have been subpoenaed. We have that this morning. The CEOs of Facebook, Twitter, and Google – they will be there at some point to at a date to be determined. The hearing will not be before the election. Actually, gonna honor the subpoena. Well, they haven't responded yet. They could try to enforce it legally. Yeah. It could result in a legal battle. Really, this is symbolic. It is okay because you have the well, election next week, which no Mark, one knows. Mark will show up. Mark uh, would show up. Yeah. Twitter, J- Mr. Dorsey, yeah. not showing up would not shock me in the slightest. You have the election next week, so yeah. they're going to wait to see what happens. Who retains power? If the Republicans retain power in the Senate, then the subpoenas will be enforced, yeah. and then they're going to have to make yeah. a decision. Okay, do we just go or do we fight it legally? But. You know, like I've mentioned, mm-hmm. Facebook, I think Zuckerberg is the only one of them that even has a, a, a strain of his DNA, which is pro-free speech. Uh, and I think his employees actively work to undermine that. I know they have arguments about that there. Yeah. Let's talk about Twitter's new procedures, though. Because, meanwhile... I got hit with them Yeah, you this have, morning. You have Facebook that has not, you know, they've been doing their normal procedures, right? It's not like Facebook just came out these past few weeks with a whole bunch of different procedures and functions, right? Mm -hmm. Twitter now has done a few things. They've made it much harder to retweet stuff, which is a pain in the ass, I'll tell you that. And they are now giving warnings, seemingly on only conservative websites and articles, about... Are you sure you want to retweet this? Do you want to read the story first? So now retweeting someone's tweet went from being one click to either three or four clicks. Ooh. The even bigger story that I consider, though, is that yesterday Twitter was restricting automatic retweets of WinRed, which is our yeah. GOP fundraising platform. Yep. Interestingly enough, Act Blue was not experiencing that restriction. Twitter was called out. They apologized. They removed the restriction. But nonetheless, I think it shows their intent. Yeah. Right? 
So they're going to rescind that stuff when they get exposed, but it doesn't mean that they're going to take it for a spin and try to with us every single moment they get. So I tweeted this last night, The thing, and knowing how all of this technology business works, the thing that really strikes me, by doing this, they're working directly against their own business interests. Yeah. Right? That would be like us at Town Hall, making it much harder to share a story or to read a story, right? So if they're doing this, how really worried are they about what's about to happen? Yeah. Are they that concerned that they need to try to, you know, really step yeah. in on behalf of Joe Biden? Or, I, I think they are. Yeah. They're, I don't think there's any other explanation or they're, for they're, it. Or they're, they're, or they're tired of the progressive mob, you know, constantly hounding them about, you know, this, that, and the other. Maybe. You know? Maybe. It, it's um, probably a combination of both. But, yeah. I mean, the, the fact is we're here because liberals whine about losing elections. So. Yeah. Let's talk real quickly here about the state of the race. I think you wrote this piece, the one about Biden yeah. performing yeah, yeah, Hillary's yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about it? Okay, so basically, you know, I, I know, again, we keep getting these polls that Biden's up by like 12, 10, 12, 17 points or whatever. But if you look at the, you know, some of the key states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina, you know, at this point, you know, on, on October 20th, Clinton at this point, in 2016 was up six and a half in Wisconsin, but Biden's only up 6.2. She was up four in Florida, but Biden's only up a point. She was up 2.8 in North Carolina, but Biden is only up two points. So he's underperforming in these key states. You know, the bigger state, though, that I think is important. Yeah. The two biggest states. Yeah. Michigan. Yep. Clinton was up 12. Yep. Biden's up seven and a half right now. Yeah. And Pennsylvania, Hillary Clinton was up six six 6.8. Today, Biden's up 3.8. Yeah. And here's some other news. Mm -hmm. Last night, a new Trafalgar poll was run in Michigan. Oh, yeah. And that Trafalgar poll showed that Trump and John James both up. Awesome. By almost two points. Yeah. Trump expanded his lead in that. So maybe yeah. there was something to them sounding that alarm last week. Yeah. I think they're yeah. pretty worried. Yeah. And obviously, the, I mean, even the – again, it could be a fake out with the Biden campaign manager saying that they're not up by double digits in the polls and that they're inflated to make sure the Democratic base turns out and vote on, on November 3rd. But it could also very much very well be true that he's not. And if you look at the numbers between Clinton's failed 2016 effort in these key states and, what, and where Biden is right now, um, it's a loss. Yeah, and Democracy Institute's Patrick Basham, which Democracy Institute, by the way, I consider to be one of the best uh, yeah. that does polling. Yeah. They pick up the people behind the scenes that aren't you know, accounted for in traditional polls. And in fact, the Democracy Institute will be releasing their, their last poll before the election, yeah. Sunday, November 1st. So yep. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. Yep. But he found that Trump Democrats will be a larger share than the previously known electorate mm -hmm. that – what you said, black urban women will yep. fall into the shy Trump voter category, yep. which I also think uh, black uh, young men yeah. fall into now as well. Oh, did you see uh, – what was that? I saw the clip of uh, the they're all marching. We want Trump. Yeah. You see that? Where where, where was that? I don't know I where forget it was. What, oh, I forgot the city. And, I could not believe it. And yeah. one million fewer young people are projected to yeah. vote. And if you look at so far the early vote total in Michigan, the youth there is underperforming by 68% over where yeah. it was. Okay. So I would say of all the, those – and I think they're – I think we're – you know, 
they're going to be true, all those points. But the just the one million fewer young people voting mm-hmm. this cycle alone throws off every single model. Oh, definitely. Every single – and also you have to account for the fact that because of COVID, states like you know North Carolina, the research triangle isn't as packed. With mm-hmm. those college educated, uh, with, with those college students, Pennsylvania, same thing. Same thing, yeah. You know, the, you know, the Penn State areas, like, not everyone's remote, so we'll see. You know, I mean, it's a little more dispersed, but well, here um, the thing is, there, there. Point is, the, the, North Carolina, there's a swath of voters that that are just not going to be there this year. Yeah, the whole and in North Carolina, the numbers are looking great for us. Yeah, they are, but. The whole point of a poll, right, yeah. is to predict what the electorate is going to be. Yeah. That's how you have to start on your poll, right, is to model what the electorate's going to be. Yeah. They're all wrong again. Yeah. They're all wrong again. You have a, a party identification poll that came out from Gallup that showed an R plus one electorate. Yeah. If it's R plus one, we win. Trump landslide, yeah. and we could even take back the House. Yeah. But – if you look at all the polls on aggregate here, they're just playing their tightening game, which is what we predicted. Yeah, yeah. They're tightening it up here so that they can look like, oh, well, maybe, we you know. something, yeah. something, you know. Which only really reflects what the race was before. Yeah. I think we've made significant strides just in the past few days. We talked about the Trafalgar poll in Michigan. Great sign. The early voting numbers, which I took a look at last night in depth, are looking really great for us, especially in places like Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, which is the whole ballgame. The Democrats are underperforming. And based on the model of GOP Election Day vote, which keep in mind, Mm -hmm. the Republicans plan to come out in force on Election Day. That's our move here. Yeah. We would win. Trump is having massive rallies. Bigger than 2016 in some cases. And a quarter last, of those attendees didn't vote in 2016. Last night in Gastonia yeah. was the biggest rally of this year in North Carolina. I heard he was doing a moonwalk on that one. Yeah, and he was dancing around. And like you said, between 25 and 30% of these rally attendees didn't yeah. vote in 2016. You if they vote— How do you gauge for that? Yeah. If they can. vote, it's over. Yeah. And yeah, the other day, Katrina Pearson tweeted, can you feel that? It's happening again. Yeah. And I said last night to a friend, it's deja vu all over again. I feel like we're, you know, remember when they reopened the Hillary FBI investigation? Yeah. Well, it's Hunter Biden now expo- being exposing Biden Inc. Yeah. And yeah. you have, uh, I also saw a tweet that, that uh, last night that this is when the low information voter, right, the, the not political people, the ones that really don't pay attention to all this stuff, but that will go and vote actually pay attention yeah and if all they're gonna see here is biden family corruption mm-hmm. so we have the momentum and momentum is yeah. contagious oh also sorry so, not, uh, the, we have to bring up the um him playing clips of joe and kamala saying that they're going to destroy fracking yeah oh yeah excellent yeah i mean excellent people know now about the yeah. fracking and the the numbers uh, in Pennsylvania indicate that. Yeah. And even Democrats in Pennsylvania are like, you want to ban fracking? What the f-? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have the momentum. The momentum is contagious. The confidence is contagious. But what we need tonight is a strong debate. So let's talk real quickly about this debate before we wrap up the show. Master debate? Not the Tubin debate. <laughs> he is a master debater. He is a master debater for uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Loves to master What do you debate. think we're going to see from President Trump tonight? Uh, I think he's going to be aggressive again, but I I hope, I hope he kind of gives Joe a little more room to 
hang himself. Mm-hmm. Give you know, let there be a little dead air. Let Joe talk because he has diarrhea of the mouth, so he's gonna f- up. Mm-hmm. And then when it's his time to respond, exactly, I know. agree. The I mute, mean, I think I was a little worried about the mute feature. I think it's gonna be to our benefit here, yeah, because it'll keep Trump in check to yeah. not interrupt him during the first two minutes. Remember, yeah. it's two minutes, two minutes, then open discussion. Then six minutes, right? Yeah, six minutes. So that's yeah. when it'll be back that, and forth. Six minutes. I mean, ninety seconds is enough for Joe to f- himself up. Oh, for sure. Six minutes? But Oh, my God. The the opportunities are endless. But just think, you know, President Trump's going to have two minutes to bash on Hunter Biden, China, yeah. the Biden family corruption. Biden's not going to be able to interrupt at all. No. He's not going to be able to say, oh, well, you shut up or you're a clown or the anything like that. wild card there, though, is Kristen Welker. Yes. And she yep. might be able to, be, you know, well, we're not talking about that. Or she'll, she'll say something along those lines. Um, well, you know. Which will be a telltale sign that it is an issue, it is a story, and that the liberal media Democratic complex is trying to protect Joe. Well, you know she's so, a hack, right? Yes. And yes. You know that they're already on like DEFCON 1 yeah. with this race because of what's been transpiring over yeah. the last week. And you're so. not going to find any tweets from her because she locked her account and deleted all the ones that were yeah. probably problematic over the past 36 hours. Uh, yep. oh, sorry, hours after Steve Scully mm-hmm. um, of C-SPAN. We talked about you. how the po- uh, the policy debate areas of tonight got changed from yeah, foreign there's, policy. There's, yeah, uh, I, I expect Trump to bring up his foreign policy to make a point to bring it up because it is one of his strongest points. Well, he can tie it in with the Hunter emails. It yeah, is a, for it, sure. It's a national security issue. Yeah. So he should be able to tie it in. But what Trump needs to get his point across is yeah. like we've talked about with the Trump doctrine. Yeah. Peace through strength. It's yep. what you're seeing now. Unprecedented peace deals. Yeah. Bringing our troops home. Yeah. Ending the endless foreign wars. All of that resonates yeah. so much. Strengthening NATO. Yeah. Trump forcing NATO to pay more of their dues strengthen the alliance. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Mad Dog Mattis admitted that. And also he needs to – this is the, the – I mean this is it. This is the big sales pitch to to basically you know, hit on the economy. Yep. Look at what I've done. Okay, we, we, we had the greatest economy ever. We had millions of jobs created. We, my, my tax plan incurred growth. Uh, savings, repatriation of funds from uh, offshore, you know, funds from from companies overseas. So he needs to hit on that. The did you mention regulation? Oh, he cut regulation. That's that. Yes, that business, cut tons of red tape. Business owners will tell you. Yeah, the cutting of the regulation was just as big as the tax yeah. cut. I mean, yeah. that's trillions gives of dollars. Him, gives, of regulation. Him a, gives him a breathing room. Consumer and small business confidence have never reached their level. Uh, have reached their highest levels in years under Trump. We have a GDP report that's going to show 35% growth. Four – over four uh, – in the past four months, over 10 million jobs created. Half uh, that were lost because you know China was incompetent with the, with the coronavirus. So – Or did it purposefully. Yeah. Or did it Allegedly. Purposefully. There, we are in a V-shaped recovery. The markets are responding. His message should be to relay all of that, all the economic accomplishments and say if you want more, if you want the best – the best is yet to come. Yep, the best is yet to come. Reelect me to another term. I will finish this job. Why are you going to go with this guy who has wrecked the economy? Who who's going to raise your taxes? Who's raised your taxes? Who is more interested with his own family's economic future than yours? Mm-hmm. Vote for me. I will finish. I will. Re- we'll get back to full unemployment and for. And he also needs to tell his outreach to the black community mm-hmm. because under Trump, the job market for Black America 
was its best ever. Yep. It also reached historic unemployment lows. And that's across the board for women, Asians, men, everybody. Everybody was finding jobs. For the first time in years, there were more job openings than people looking for jobs. Yeah. So he needs to really I, – I, I, I hope they rehash the whole thing mm-hmm. because we've had had four years of unprecedented economic growth. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not unprecedented. Robust. Very robust. No, I think unprecedented. Unprecedented. And yeah. keep in mind, Friday before the election, GDP number yes. going up 35%. Yeah, 35%. That's going to drive that, the that news Atlanta, cycle. Go to Atlanta, the Atlanta Fed site has the yeah, projection. That's going to drive the news cycle through the whole weekend before yeah. the election. Oh, and I think we're going to – hold on. D- did we talk about the, the jobs report last month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was pretty, so- it was we pretty solid. Again, we, won't it was pretty have, solid. we won't have a jobs report again before the election. No, we won't. So, I know, because um, it's towards the it'll – be, it'll be after the – Which actually – It'll be like three days after To be honest, <laughs> it does look like uh, job growth right now is yeah. slowing. Uh, and the reason behind that is because of uncertainty. Yeah. The the people want to see what's going to happen in the election yeah. before they decide to hire people on. Yeah. Also, the lack of stimulus. Thanks, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. you dumb b- Yep. If you look at the market, though, mm-hmm. the market's going, you know, up. It has its days up, of volatility, up. Yeah. up and down, up and down. Volatility yeah. is where the profits are made. But in general, it's recovered to almost its pre-pandemic lows or highs, pre-pandemic highs. Yeah. I mean, it, it's broken 28,000, the volume. So, so. I mean, it has my point of yeah. bringing it up is those people, the smart business people in this country, are betting on Trump re-election. So, yes. you know, yeah, who are you going to believe? The yeah. fake news polls? Or the people who really know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some listener emails here real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, email from X does not chant. Uh, when we were talking about investing in more ammo, it brought to mind his uh, a clip from Gremlins Two that he sent. Or, uh, so, Mr. Producer looked up the clip. Here it is. Let's take a listen. Yes, I'd say it's a full scale panic. Are you having a run on the banks there yet? Well, it's rather brutal here. We're advising our clients to put everything they've got into canned food and shotguns. And that is so true. <laughs> canned food and shotguns, buy guns, buy ammo, or buy something to protect yourself. Because you never know what's going to happen. The libs are certainly organizing for massive disruption regarding post-election uh, time frame. Uh, I've seen the emails. It's not pretty, folks. And... Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say I'm trying to scare people here, but I certainly think you should be prepared for, you know, massive civil unrest, potential unriots, crime spikes, uh, liberal meltdown to the uh, Chernobyl. Well, I mean, I think if there is a Biden win, you can guarantee crime spikes because they're all going to try to defund the police even more aggressively across the country. I mean, we're seeing this. I mean, besides Minneapolis, look at Oakland. I mean, Mm -hmm. shootings are up, so. Yep. Uh, Dustin in California, liberal California. That sucks for you, Dustin. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Why don't you go, you know, go to a red state? Honestly, we're going to have to get out of Virginia soon enough. So Uh, this is trying to be, they're trying to make this the california of the east if we lose this this state legislative election next year we are yeah anyway he says matt and storm writing to you guys again from super liberal sonoma county california people are becoming less afraid to show support for trump here lots more than 2016 lots of yard signs bumper stickers signs on the highways and even people rocking maga hats wow he says he drives for fedex so he gets a pretty good look at things on a daily basis 
the super wealthy multi-million dollar neighborhoods, it's all Biden and Black Lives Matter signs. In the more middle class and lower class neighborhoods, you'll have a hard time finding Biden signs. And that's actually where the most public Trump support is, even in very Hispanic areas. Uh, he said if you go to the coastal areas, it's all red. He was in Chico last weekend, and there was a huge gathering to publicly support the president. Whole town was flying MAGA flags. There was a huge march on the Golden Great Gate Bridge, which he took part in, so that's awesome. Those pictures, oh, man. the pictures were really cool, Dustin. I, I thank you for sending those. Uh, he's talked to quite a few people who have historically voted Democrat, don't like where the party's going, and are planning to vote for Trump. That's a really good sign. Yeah. Because like I was saying, in California, if we could just— Cut the margins down. Yeah. That'll give us some house seats. Yeah. You know, Hillary won by, what, 29 points in California? If he could shave even seven, six points off of that. Well, that's some pickups That right flips some yeah. seats, right? Uh, he said, same case with the number of soft Republicans who voted third party in 2016. 90% of businesses in California are small family owned, which would be destroyed by Biden's tax plan and the Green New Deal. People are energized and tired of being silent. Uh, he said uh, his girlfriend and him are counting down the days to when they can vote in person on November 3rd. All right. Keep fighting the good fight, Dustin. MAGA, we got to win this election. Uh, just a shout out to our friend Sinks, who became a VIP member to support us. If you'd like to do the same to support our conservative journalism at townhall.com, like Matt's writing and, of course, our triggered podcast, go to townhall.com slash subscribe and use the promo code TRIGGERED to get 25% off your VIP membership. We appreciate all of your support. We've had quite a few people join. The messages you send us, we love. And you listening to us, too, for all this time, perhaps since day one. We're getting close to the day that we've been counting down to now since 400 days ago. Uh, we're going to have quite a few episodes coming for you over the next two weeks. We'll see you tomorrow for a special post-debate episode of Triggered. Then next week we'll have episodes on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday with some very special guests coming through. And then election week, of course, on Monday we will have an episode. Of course, on Tuesday on election day we'll have a special early episode, hopefully to be released around midday. Maybe some evening updates that we'll post into the uh, podcast feed as well. And then probably a show on Wednesday and Thursday to discuss what's happening in the election counts. And perhaps we will have reelected our president by that point. If you'd like to reach out, email us, triggered at townhall.com. That's triggered at townhall.com. We love hearing from all of you. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at TriggeredTHM. Most importantly, get your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, get out there and vote, vote, vote. We will see you tomorrow for a special post-debate episode. Hope you enjoy the debate tonight. We will be watching it as well. Of course, you can always follow us on our personal Twitters as well, where we give more live commentary of those types of events. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.